All right, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for tuning in this morning. Glad to have you listening and hope you'll stay with us for the next hour, almost an hour. It's a beautiful day in my part of Texas. Hope it is in yours as well. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. Jared Taylor is running the boards. Jared Taylor is answering the phones. Jared Taylor is running the hallway, trying to run two radio stations all at the same time. Poor man is getting a workout. 888-256-1080. Call right now, won't you please? Let's talk gardening. We're live on this uh, Saturday, the uh, Saturday before Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great week. I'll be live next weekend as well. 888-256-1080. You can't do a recorded talk show on gardening very well and have it be really current because you never know what's going to happen from one time to the next. It could uh, get very cold this time of year. All of a sudden, you know Texas, 888-256-1080. From the Panhandle to the Rio Grande, from the Big Bend country all the way to the Sabine River, this is quite a state, and I love talking about it. I love talking about your plants, your landscape, and your garden. Urban horticulture is what I talk about. That's all I've ever known, all I've ever done. I have a couple of college degrees. I thought I would be the world's best grower, greenhouse grower, and I never grew a crop. I went in to work with the Extension Service and and, uh, enjoyed the media work and got into this instead. And I've loved this career, and I hope it goes on for another 100 years. So. Uh, Anyway, give me a call, won't you please? I'd love to see those phone lines fill up right now because this time of year is my most difficult time to get calls. So I end up giving the number several times an hour. It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. So uh, things that we can talk about at this time of year. Uh, Yes, it's a good time for landscaping. No, it's not easy to find some of the plants that you may want because nurseries have kind of pushed them toward the back as they made room for Christmas trees. But they are out there. Your best chance of finding plants, if you're looking for landscape plants, trees and shrubs that you can plant now, would be at nurseries that are full-time, independent retail garden centers, and especially those that cater to landscape contractors, men and women who landscape year-round for living. They uh, are the people who pick up the plants wholesale, bring them to your job site, maybe your home landscape or your business, and uh, they work with you to develop the plan, and then they plant them, get them in the ground, and and do that work for you. And uh, those people count on uh, supplies of plants being available 12 months a year. If you're buying at the retail side of that same nursery, you're buying one or two of a type where they're buying 20 or 40 of a type, then uh, you're going to have a supply available to you uh, as opposed to the uh, stores that are selling, uh, what do they sell? Um, Well, whatever, seasonal merchandise, we'll call it that. Uh, And uh, they get in and out of the nursery business very quickly in the spring. They're not likely to have what you want at the uh, off seasons. So deal with independent retail garden centers. Always a good idea because those are the full-time nursery people who know the answers to your gardening questions. Uh, We'll talk about that more as the uh, hour progresses. But in the meanwhile, yes, this is a great time for landscaping. Plants that are set out now will establish their root systems over the winter, and uh, they will uh, be better able to cope with spring and especially next summer when it rolls around. Um, 
if you have any landscaping questions, what would be some good plants to use, uh, whatever, that would be uh, fair game. That's what we talk about here. I have lived in and traveled this great state all of my career. I grew up in College Station and uh, traveled with my dad a good deal while I was a kid. Uh, he worked for Texas A&M, did herbicide research for the university, and I tagged along. I loved that opportunity and uh, then left to go to Ohio State to get both of my degrees. A&M was not as strong uh, then in horticulture as it is now. And uh, had I been growing up in this era, I would have stayed right here. But then I came back to work for the Texas AgriLife Extension. At that time, it was called Texas Agricultural Extension Service. Worked for seven years and then went into this uh, uh, commercial uh, uh, horticulture writing and, and uh, doing garden broadcasting. So anyway, I have a, a deep affiliation with my home state and I love talking about it. And I've had the blessing of taking my favorite hobby and turning it into a career. Give me a call. We need some calls. This is the time. Uh, the uh, number is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. My book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It's actually my fifth book that I have written. It is the first book that I have self-published. And the good news is that I have decided to keep the price extraordinarily low. Uh, I chose right off the bat that I wanted to self-publish this so I could have Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as my graphic designer. They were the best in their game that I had ever worked with. And I said, this is my team. And we live about eight miles apart in a triangle, and and uh, it worked out just beautifully. And uh, so we three put this book together. It was printed in Texas, not in China. That was important to me because it's going to say Lone Star Gardening, and I didn't want it to say printed in China. That didn't, uh, didn't set well with me. And so it was printed in San Antonio by Clear Visions and bound in San Antonio by Universal Book Bindery. This book is Lone Star through and through. And uh, I chose also not to put it on Amazon and not to put it in store so that I'd be able to sign every copy as it sells. So the books are stored in my garage under climate control, and I sign them as they sell. I'd love to sign one for you, either for you to use in your own landscape and garden or for you to give as a Christmas gift. It makes a wonderful housewarming gift or birthday present. I have left it at $34.95, and listen to what you're getting. This is a book that you normally would expect to spend $50 or $55 for in a bookstore because it has 344 pages. It's a hardback printed on high-quality paper, and it also uh, is uh, was printed in Texas with 840 photographs. It covers every aspect of outdoor landscaping and gardening. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas, everything you need to know to get started and be successful. Chapter two is a 48-page calendar, a calendar that tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're working so hard to grow. I've never put that in any of the other books before. Chapters three through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. All of that information and those 840 photographs, more than 25, all of that with a signature and your satisfaction guaranteed or a full refund, all of it for $34.95. Now, it's not in stores and not on Amazon. Here are the two ways you can order it. You either call my office during the week 
800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769, or you order it right now at my website, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I spoke a moment ago about the importance of buying from local independent retail garden centers, and that is where you go to a member nursery of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Those, those people are the best. They are experts from the, from the industry. This is an industry. It's one of the strongest organizations of its kind in America. They are men and women who have banded together decades ago, 40 years ago, to ensure that Texas gardeners have the best plants, the best products, and the best service that any industry can possibly provide. You'll see name badges. You'll see emblems of certified landscape professionals and certified nursery professionals and master certified nursery professionals. They've studied long and hard hours. They have passed difficult exams that prove that they know all the details of what they're uh, talking about. And so if you want localized help, people who know how to help you and know the soils and the climate and the plants of your locale, you go to a Texas certified nursery professional shop where you see those name badges and those emblems. That's at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll be back with more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. Have a suggestion for you, and that is don't wait until the end of the program to call today. Call now. Uh, last week, we had a whole flurry of calls that came right at the end of the program, and, and it was all I could do to help everybody, and I had to uh, kind of limit my answers to just as quick, uh, uh, short bursts of facts. And uh, we can talk a lot better if you'll call early in the program. Again, that number is 888-256-1080. This program is only one hour long, so if you wait until the end, uh, we'll bunch up on you. So call now, 888-256-1080. People wonder about uh, starting a compost pile and what it takes to uh, be successful with that. You're in the middle right now of having a lot of tree leaves come down. It's very important that you not send those to the landfill. They don't want them. Our landfills are filling up way too fast. Uh, Those of us who live in rural areas uh, know the uh, pain and agony of watching um, various entities uh, seeking permits to bring uh, refuse uh, to landfills. And uh, if we happen to live near one of those areas that's been designated as a potential landfill site, uh, it it gets pretty nasty when you go to a hearing. I've sat through a 57-day hearing for a sewer plant and landfill. And it was not pleasant to have to take all that time and sit in Austin all that time. And um, so anything we can do to extend the the life of the current landfills by keeping leaves and, and other recyclable things out of them is just good practice. Whether it's aluminum cans or bottles that can be recycled, I'm not the recycle expert. I know that there are things that all of us assume are recyclable that are not, and I get that. I'll leave that to other people to help you with. But in terms of grass clippings and this time of year tree leaves, 
you have put a lot of fertilizer on your lawn. You've put a lot of water out there. It's rained. All of that has gone into your trees and it's uh, caused good growth of those trees. And then the leaves hit the ground and you say, well, it doesn't make much sense to send all that to the landfill. And you're exactly correct. In fact, there's another value that those uh, leaves have, and that is organic matter. Anywhere you live in this world, whether it's on a, a clay soil or a sandy soil, the best thing that you can add to improve that soil will be organic matter. Organic matter in any form, and in this uh, case we're talking about composted leaves, uh, organic matter will loosen tight clay soils to help plants grow better, and organic matter will help sandy soils hold, retain moisture and nutrients better. So the answer to the question is how can I improve my soil is always going to be uh, add organic matter. And as you add that organic matter, you might as well be using those tree leaves. You recycle them through a compost pile. The compost pile does not have to be a formal pile that is made with um, pressure treated lumber or concrete blocks or uh, metal or anything else. It can be, uh, I did a story in my eGardens newsletter about our compost pile. It was in a wash area of our rural property, just an area that was a shallow, depressed area. Water does not run through it, uh, but it it has in the past, many decades ago, I guess. And so I just have taken our leaves there. It's not a part of our landscape. And we've piled leaves there for years, probably 10 years, and they have decayed. And then another layer we put on top the next year and the next year. And and I finally began to say, you know, I think it's time to turn the pile, mix it all together, let it sit for a year, and then there will be some rich humus, some rich organic matter in there. And that's what we have now. It's just a wonderful pile of organic matter ready to go into the garden this spring. You want to keep a compost pile warm, and you can do that by putting uh, plastic over the top of it. Uh, black plastic will absorb the, the solar radiation, the, the sun's rays. Um, so that's, uh, that's one option. Uh, you also want to keep it uh, moist. Uh, you, you water it once in a while, just take the plastic back and, and just soak it really well. You want to have nitrogen in there so that you'll uh, feed the nitrogen uh, feeding bacteria. You'll give them uh, nourishment, maybe one cup per cubic yard, three by three by three feet. That's a lot of compost. You don't want to overduce the uh, overdo the fertilizer, but uh, that will that will keep it moving fast. And turn it every month or two with a spading fork. Just mix it up, and uh, it will decay more quickly that way. It's better if you have several different kinds of organic matter, not just tree leaves, but grass clippings and and uh, rotting manure and uh, any anything else that you have can go into the compost pile. Sawdust out of the wood shop that'd be fine. So anyway. Maybe that'll help you a little bit. Uh, let's go to uh, Paul in El Dorado. Paul, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. Thanks for calling. How can I help you? Paul, this is Neil. You're on the air. How can I help you? Hello, you talking to me? I am. Oh, uh, I was just wondering, you know, I'm out in the middle of a goat field, and they put a trailer over there. And I'm wondering, is there any kind of way to make the naturally occurring vegetation that's already there? Like there's some kind of something over there has a lot of green leaves. 
Uh, how can I make that multiply, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I don't even really know what it is. All I don't know is it's like a broadleaf, broadleaf, something or other that I guess goats like. But it's pretty, whatever it is. Okay. Well, goats eat almost anything, so it, it's hard to tell what it is. Um, I, I'm going to refer you to your county extension office. That is not something that I work in. Um, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the program, I used to travel with my dad, who did herbicide research, weed killer research, for Texas A&M. And a lot of the work he did was funded by the Sheep and Goat Raisers Association. So he worked a lot out in in uh, uh, Slyther County uh, well yeah all around Sonora and Ozona and all the way to Sterling City and, and Big Lake and, and other places off. you didn't cut me off I'm right here just just sit tight but anyway your county extension yeah. office will be able to help you and uh, so I'm going to refer you there talk to your county agent um, be careful that you don't perpetuate something that could be toxic to the goats have the plant identified to make sure you know what you're what you're fertilizing or what you're planting but that's uh, that's the as far as I want to go on giving advice for pasture uh, crops that's not my not my training but I appreciate your call Paul good luck with it and uh, let's get some rain over your part of the state thanks for the call all right phone number if you'd like to call I, I better stick to urban horticulture folks my my training is all in landscape horticulture 888 256 1080-888-256-1080. Let me tell you about uh, a product from Fertilome. I'm, I'm really proud to tell you about Fertilome. This is a company based right here in Texas. It is sold only by independent retail garden centers, hardware stores, and feed stores. Once again, I drive home the importance of dealing with people you know already, people who have a vested interest in your community, people who understand the weather, the soils, all the things that are peculiar about your part of Texas. We have a lot of peculiar things in our state in terms of climate and soils, and Fertilome understands that, and Fertilome reacts to that. Fall feeding is one of the most critical feedings of your entire gardening year. A fertilizer that you put out on your lawn in the fall, now we're talking for, for warm season grasses, St. Augustine, Bermuda especially, we're talking about South Texas right now, but for cool season grasses, ryegrass and fescue, we're talking about the northern parts of the state. So this is Fertilome's winterizer, uh, lawn fertilizer. You could also use this on uh, uh, ground cover beds, shrubs, other things in the southern half of the state. You could use it on uh, cool season vegetables. You could use it on cool season annuals for that matter, pansies and other flowers that you have growing because it's a very high nitrogen fertilizer and nitrogen makes them grow, and growth is where the flowers occur. So that's Fertilome Winterizer. It builds winter hardiness, stem strength, and disease resistance in turf grass, safe on any kind of lawn, of course, because it's made by Fertilome and because it's a nitrogen-based fertilizer. And uh, yards that are fed with Fertilome Winterizer fertilizer now will look better over the winter and better in the spring. You can ask for it at uh, Independent, uh, uh, and, and uh, locally owned garden centers, feed stores, and nurseries all around Texas. Ask for it by name, Fertilome, Winterizer, Fertilizer. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. 
Thank you all for listening, and, and those of you who call, thank you for that as well. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We go to Jay in Centerville. Jay, this is Neil. Good morning. Mr. Neil, I had uh, the tree trimmers for the power lines dump a bunch of that ground-up stuff uh, on my property. I have washouts okay. and whatnot that I'm using it in. Also, it looks nice around the base of trees. Am I doing wrong there? No, not especially. It's kind of coarse a lot of times. They they leave pretty big chunks, and so it can look kind of rough, but but that's just a matter of visual. And no, it, it will keep weeds down. It uh, uh, it will work fine. It's a mulch, and uh, it will work fine. I wouldn't put it too high up on the trunks of the trees if you put... I put it around just maybe. to... Uh, kill off the uh, where your weed eat down low so you yes. can mow around the trees you know absolutely yeah i pointed out i pointed out to my wife last night uh, some crepe myrtles in the landscape at a school where they had been gouged by the the trimmers and uh, this would prevent that and that's a, a great plan great idea now it'd be fine for that i wouldn't put more than about three inches around the trees Oh, okay. Do appreciate it. And like I said, it works good in like we're we beginning to get washouts, you know. Yes, and it doesn't float away. Ah, it does. Uh, I got plenty of it, and it's free. <laughs> Can't beat that. All right. Well, good deal. Good way to use it then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you very much. Take care, Jay. All right, that opens that line. If you'd like to call, it's 888-256-1080. It's the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, uh, 888-256-1080. We haven't had any calls from Alpine today. I say that once in a while because uh, they're noticeable when they're not there. That's uh, a small town in the mountains in West Texas, and uh, uh, Alpine and Fort Davis and uh, the Big Bend country are just dear to my heart my heart I have one heart uh, my mom and dad settled there during the depression and dad was uh, a professor in in the biology department there founded it and uh, worked there for 17 years was dean of students at Sol Ross or dean of men I think it was and uh, I was adopted after they'd been there 15 years and we only stayed a couple of years before we moved to College Station but they went back to see friends frequently and love Alpine very very much and Marfa and uh, down to Big Bend. It was just becoming a national park at that time. And so uh, it's just, it, it's quite unusual. It is unique uh, to see Big Bend National Park because it is so remote. Anyway, uh, we haven't had any calls from Brewster County yet and would love to. 888-256-1080 all the way to the Piney Woods of East Texas. It's just fun to think, you know, I get to sit in one chair and think about all the beautiful parts of Texas without having to turn on an engine and go anywhere. That's kind of nice. 888-256-1080. Let me tell you about my book, which I actually wrote for all those various parts of the estate. In fact, uh, I've talked to you about Cindy Smith being the uh, graphic designer of my book, and uh, there are 840 of my photographs in the book, and the 840th photo that Cindy asked for. She said, Neil, I need a two-page photograph uh, to go in the, uh, in, the, in the very front of the book. 
and uh, it needs to be something really stunning and something that really says Texas. And I said, Cindy, you have really hit me because I have a photograph that is all about Texas. I've never known how I would use it. It's digital. It's a horizontal photograph, so it'll spread the two pages. And I love the photograph. I've never used it anywhere. And it is uh, one I took um, after I spoke in Alpine. And Lynn and I drove to Big Bend National Park. And it is of the Jesus Mountains a day after it rained there and things were blooming. And it's just a beautiful photograph. It's not a landscape photo. It's not anything, but it really is West Texas. And I, every time I open the book to sign it, I get to see that photograph. And it just puts a chill up my spine knowing that my dad saw that 60 or 70 years before I did. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking back to when I took that photograph and how much I love that part of the state. So anyway... Uh, my book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It's it's not written about the Big Bend. It's written about all of Texas. Every county in the state, I think, will benefit from this book. I tried to make sure that everything I wrote applied to every county in the state. If there was something that uh, would grow in North Texas and not in South Texas, I would point that out. After one is the basics of gardening in Texas. Things you have to know about the climate, the hardiness zones, the the soil types, all that. That's in chapter one. That applies to all the other 10 chapters. Chapter two is something I've never put in a book before. It's a 48-page calendar, four pages per month, that tell you what needs to be planted in that month, what needs to be pruned in that month of November, for example, what needs to be uh, fertilized in November, and what needs to be protected, sprayed in November and then December, and then all the way through the gardening year. It's all there for you. You won't have to ask, Neil, when should I do this or that? And then chapters 3 through 11 are very detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Every one of those chapters has a huge amount of information on that, on its particular topic, including charts of you know, for example, the best trees for fall color or the uh, best uh, uh, wildflower annuals or whatever. So that's uh, what the book is all about. 840 photographs, 344 pages, hardback on high-quality paper printed in San Antonio, not in stores, not on Amazon. It is only available from my office or my website. The office phone number, weekday business hours, 800 752 Grow, G-R-O-W. That's 800-752-4769. The better way is just to order it directly from my website, which is neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, $34.95 satisfaction guaranteed or full refund, 83000 sold, not one request for refund. Order it at neilsperry.com. Great Christmas gift. And I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. What a great time of the year. This is just beautiful today. I guess it's going to get a little colder as uh, the weekend ends up, but uh, can't complain. Can't complain at all. 
Uh, let's go to uh, have Alpine checking in with us here. Alpine still exists. That's good news. Let's go to Conley in Alpine. Conley, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, Neil. How's it going, man? Yeah, over here in Alpine. It's a great weekend. We got Art Walk, and uh, it is very vibrant, I would say. I'll very bet cool. it is. Uh, That's beautiful. What a beautiful city. Oh, yeah. Well, I do have a question. Um, I'm kind of new when it comes to gar- gardening and uh, I was so proud of these peppers that I had uh, produced a lot during the late summer and uh, early fall. And uh, I guess I was just uh, out on uh, traveling too much. Left them out during a real quick freeze, you know, out here. It can freeze at any time. And uh, mm-hmm. we did have a real quick freeze. It looks like they're done pretty much. Um, is it? Is it recommended to kind of maintain the soil and try again next year like root them up what do i need to do with these dead peppers that i have where did you have them in pots or in the ground uh well they're in pots but i was thinking about transferring them to a ground to the ground uh at some point no 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 no. the the plants you have if they froze are are gone um i'm just thinking well yeah i I figured that yeah yeah so what I do when I have a, a plant that I've grown for a year in potting soil, and, and um, I think, I guess in theory, you could take that potting soil, to put it in a wheelbarrow or out on a, on a piece of concrete, maybe mix a little fresh potting soil in with it, stir it around, uh, use a shovel or a hoe to mix everything together really well, and then put it back into the same pot or in a new pot, whatever you want to do, and reuse it that way if you wanted to. What I do with my pots, I have a lot of containers when I garden mm-hmm. uh, every year, and I normally do not use the the same potting soil the second year. I'll use it in my vegetable garden or my flower beds, so I reuse it. But I just um, when I'm growing something in a in a pot um, like your your peppers, that's a just a prime plant and I want to give it the best possible potting soil. I'll get fresh potting soil where nothing has broken down. It's just, it's just the best I can get. And, um, I'll, I'll start fresh and I, I always okay. feel better that way than if I try to recycle the, uh, the, the potting soil in a, in a pot. Um, so you can do it either oh. way you want to, but I think you'll find in the long run that you'll get a lot more peppers, a lot more tomatoes, uh, a lot more flowers if you're growing flowers in pots if you start with fresh potting soil each year. Okay, well, I'll do that. And, um, yeah, I just feel bad because, you know, when when you're growing these and, and you're very new to it, uh, you really care for them so much. You know, they're they're your friends. You sing to them a little bit. And, uh, man, just well, one wait, freeze. Just wait, I get, off, like the, that, I get huh? off the bus at the singing. I get off the bus at the singing. They would no longer be my friends if I sang to them. <laughs> oh, okay. But, you All know, right. one of the things I've noticed, I, one of the things I've noticed, uh, well, anywhere in Texas, uh, you, you get tomatoes and peppers and basil. I think of those three in particular are really sensitive to light frosts. They can have mm-hmm. damage at 38 or 39 degrees when you have a still clear night. And so you really have to be careful when you're going to be gone uh, to uh, get them back under the eaves or put them in the garage until you're back. Hopefully you're not gone for two weeks or something. But they, they can be damaged by temperatures that are not as cold as you might think. At, at, like I say, at 38 degrees, you can have frost settle onto them. Um, sure. 
so that's one thing to one thing to remember and i will tell you also i have on on an app on my phone weatherbug i have alpine uh, uh saved and because my friend bob ward at morrison's uh, hardware oh yeah i know bob uh, yeah yeah, Bob is. They don't make them any better than Bob Ward, and and Bob That's has true. told me some of his horror stories of late uh, spring. He said, "I just finally got my tomato transplants in, and then I watch the weather, and it goes to twenty eight degrees in Alpine." Oh, mm-hmm. Bob, poor Bob, because I know it's sometimes hard to get delivery on things, and sure. so I watch the weather in Alpine, and you guys get some freak frost, and there are times when. In Dallas Fort Worth it's uh, 20 degrees and you guys are balmy at 38 degrees and so it, it mm-hmm. it's a it, it is a crazy state we live in so be careful and, <laughs> and just protect it truly those, is the, well thank you very much yeah the pepper plants are very sensitive so be very careful with them good luck with it well I will hey thanks thanks All Neil right. and uh, from Bye. everyone in Alpine we love you, man. Thank you for doing what you well, do. Well, thank you much. I enjoy I enjoy Alpine immensely. Thanks so much. Take care. Tell Bob hi. All right. Folks, if you ever are in Alpine, Morrison's True Value hardware is one not to miss. It, it is just a hub of the of the community. And um, it's, a, it's a great town. Just a great town. Let me tell you about my eGardens newsletter. Neil Spray's eGardens is free. Comes out Thursdays, just a little after 6 p.m. Mine came at 6:02 this week. Uh, we uh, send it out to about 80. Oh, I don't remember. I haven't checked in the last month or two, but about 81 or 82,000 people. And uh, as I say, it is free and always has been free. We're just about to finish up the uh, 19th year. We're about to celebrate a 20th birthday for E Gardens. There always are five stories in E Gardens. One of the stories is a featured plant of the week. One of the stories is always gardening this weekend, where I tell you the things that really need to be done this weekend in the next three or four days. And one of the stories that I write is always the question and answer section, where I answer your questions that you have sent in to eGardens. And then we also have uh, other stories, and I have three friends who are a All right, you have it going now, Jared. Just go ahead and tell me that. Well, folks, can't beat live radio. Don't know what happened. I'm just sitting here broadcasting, and all of a sudden, I hear. Uh, I guess that was uh, Secretary of Agriculture. Anyway, we are where we are. Uh, if you want to sign up for eGardens, that's at my website at neilsperry.com. I'll just finish that one up, and we had a Texas Certified Nursery Professional ad, and I'll finish that one up next week. So. There we are. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. We have Lee in Pampa who has called in. Lee, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? Hey, good morning, Neil. Uh, seemed like a long time ago, I stored geraniums over the winter in my cellar, and I, I seemed like that worked, but I don't remember what I did or if that's possible to just not pot them, but just pull them out of the ground, hang them upside down, and put them in a cellar. Um, and then plant them in the spring. It seemed like that worked, but I can't remember. Is that possible? It uh, it was a way. If you look in any old garden reference book, for example, a, a, a reference that may be 100 years old from the early 1900s, that is what they did. They didn't have greenhouses. They didn't have any way to keep geraniums otherwise, and they would do exactly that. They'd hang them upside down uh, without any soil on them, and right. uh, trim them back a bit, and and uh, then they'd plant them out in the spring. 
That is a dreadful way to keep them now, though, because you can you can grow them in a windowsill, um, just keep them cool and in a bright spot, and just right. don't encourage them to grow. Just let them let them stay there over the winter, and and you'll have the plants come springtime. We have much better varieties of geraniums now than we had back then. Um, they are grown uh, from much more vigorous stalk. They will come through better. There's there's absolutely no reason. The plants that came back back then were so weak, and if you try it once, you'll never try it again. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I really would encourage you just to keep them in pots and uh, put them on a, on a window. So if you need to trim them back a good bit to make room for them, that's understood, but don't uh, don't try hanging them up. Uh, for for the fact of it, most Texans don't have basements anyway. So, all right, yeah, well, up here in the north in Panhandle, we 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 have more cellars, I guess, and yeah. basements. Yeah, but okay. Well, that was just a thought I had and wondered about it, and so it saves you money, better, you know. Yeah, well, you'll you'll save you'll you can save money by growing the same plants, just leave them in pots. And put them on a bright windowsill, or if you don't have such, I put them in the brightest spot you have. And, and on the days when it isn't freezing, set them outside and let them enjoy the sun. They'll be fine. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. All right. Folks, we have just a couple minutes. We came so close to finishing out without any kind of a major calamity here. I have no idea. This was uh, done on the Internet. and all of a sudden, the Internet said, well, we're done. We're, we're tired. We're going to take a little break here. <laughs> Whatever happened. But uh, anyway, we are uh, to a point uh, that uh, I'll just go ahead and finish up the uh, program. Um, I want to uh, – I'm, I'm seeing more controversy this year than ever before about um, leaving leaves on your lawn. That is not a plan. It is not a good idea. And here's the reason. Sure, they add organic matter. I get that. But what they also will do is pack together, and they will cause a quick buildup of uh, disease problems on your turf grass. They will cause a uh, very good likelihood of um, excess. Uh, 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 just the, the, the grass will stay green. And um, if you get a strong north wind, which we will get one of these days, and it blows the leaves away, then all of a sudden that tender vegetation will be exposed to the strong cold winds and a hard freeze, and you may lose grass that you wouldn't have lost otherwise. So not a good plan to leave the leaves. Plus, it looks messy. They're a fire hazard. Your neighbors won't be pleased when they blow onto their yards. Lots of reasons. I hope you've had a good week, and I hope Thanksgiving is a great time for you and your family. Take time to appreciate your family and those who love you and who you love. So thanks for listening. Until next week, to Jared Taylor, thanks for producing, and happy gardening.